You're tuning into this week's Revival Recap. Let's hear what's happening in the life of our church. Well, hey everybody, uh, welcome to the Revival Recap. Today we're chatting about our highlights from our Saturday night meeting. I'm Clint Davis. I'm here with Joaquin Evans. Hey, Joaquin. Hey, Clint. It's good to be back with you. Yeah, thank you, man. Um, thanks for your time. We always appreciate it so much. Uh, I'll just remind you while you're listening to this that uh, the whole point of this is to not go from Saturday to Saturday just absorbing a message or just attending, but to actually take keys from what was preached or what happened on the weekend and apply them into our lives so that we can grow um, both in favor with God and man, I guess, but uh, become better disciples of Jesus. So I uh, do want to just prick your ears up to listening out for those little things in this recording that you can add into your walk with the Lord. Uh, we're keen Saturday. Um, yeah, we're still waiting for a bummer of a service to come along. <laughs> it was another great service. <laughs> well, I hope we're waiting for a really long time. <laughs> I, I hope. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not expected of it. We're not, we're not holding on to it. Uh, but, yeah, what was Saturday like for you? What are some of the things maybe the rest of us didn't get to know or get to see? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Saturday was, was great. There was a lot um, kind of crammed in on the one, one service. So, you know, we had... Uh, baptisms which was exciting it was our oh. our second time doing water baptism i want to so. do it every week <laughs> <It's> <laughs> right. <so fun>. right. <laughs> just just bring the people to get baptized we'll, we'll do it every week uh, but it's that just brings such a fresh exciting um dynamic it, you know it just touches your heart to see people making that that commitment um you know that public confession to god and I like the way that it happens during worship, you know, and it's projectable in space. So people are engaged in worship and, you know, because that's an extension of worship, getting water baptized. So just the people shouting. Oh, it's just an awesome experience. So we're going to get our venue real soon. Yeah. Like next week. (laughs) Man of faith, come on. (laughs) We're going to keep that rolling. We'll do this inside, outside water baptism thing. Man, it's so cool. I love the celebration of it. I mean, just... We just can't imagine what heaven's like, right? Celebrating yeah. when yeah. people oh come on, are getting baptized. Oh, you'll get me stirred up. Oh, come on, talking about let's that. go. <laughs> and then you speak about that, and then you think about it's the same thing when we have communion. The same yeah. thing when we do anything. Yeah. It's just come on, so true. <laughs> if we could just spend time right? capturing that with our mind. What's what's if we're celebrating like this on earth? What's it look like in heaven? That'll that'll mess you up for a good while just meditating on that well there's a lot of rabbit holes here yes <laughs> we, we get lost <laughs> we're expectant of a building and the heavens are expectant of new temples every yeah. day so, yeah <laughs> so cool um so yeah you got any testimonies or things that i mean i know baptism's amazing I yeah know. i mean some of those look deeply personal this week actually yeah. as well yeah a lot of freedom coming into people's lives. I yes, there was one young young lady, they, and they all they get up on stage and give a quick why they're significant for them to get baptized that day. Uh, one young lady, sure, just brief, but her journey, what she's been through, what God's brought her through, and and man, she had a real encounter with the love of the Father in the baptismal, and just came out different. So that was that was a powerful moment. Yeah. Um, but there was also a really special uh, testimony at the end of service. Um, just during ministry time at the end, um, actually Kristen, who led worship that night, 
it was at the end of the service, so she was down praying for praying for a friend of hers, and her friend came up, asked for prayer for a couple of, of things. They prayed for those, and then her friend, after they were done praying, made a comment like, yeah, I'd like God to, to touch those big things, but it'd be so fun if he healed my finger, and she went to show Kristen her finger, which the story is she had... Uh, climbed a barbed wire fence when she was 16 and, and ripped up her little finger oh. really significantly. And then they, they had to do surgery on it um, and they botched the surgery. So her little finger couldn't go straight and had been that way for uh, you know several, several years. Um, and uh, it just, would, she couldn't go straight. All her other fingers, she opened her hand would be straight and her pinky finger would be sticking straight up. But she just said, oh, I would love it if God would touch this. And went to show her her finger and it was already straight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so they didn't even pray for wow. it. And I happened to be standing like two feet away. I wasn't involved in them praying. But when it happened, they got excited and turned around and said, look what just happened. And she, she still had a scar that ran the whole length of her pinky finger. It had just been ripped open. So uh, we continue to pray for the scar that it would disappear. But I mean, and then she sent before and after pictures later, pictures of her hand from before. And it was, it was so radically, uh, you know, just one of those things wow. that they didn't even pray for. And God's like, that. yep, I'm just going to show you how good I am, oh, how much I goodness. care about what's on your heart. I love that. I love that. There's just so much going on. Like every week we look at what's going on. But can you imagine the father's heart bubbling about what he still has to come? <laughs> it's yes. like, just yes. can't even imagine, you know. That's the key, you know. Yeah. If, if we can lean into the father's heart, not get caught up in our little little world, our little existence of like, oh, this is amazing. Like, yes, celebrate that. But man, let's lean into the father's heart. Yeah. How much more is he dreaming about? Yeah, it's yeah. true. I love that. There is that sign that's up in the entrance of where we're meeting at the moment now. It says, can you believe we get to do this? That's kind of true. Oh, that <laughs> so is so true. true. So true. Um, so this week, you preached a message titled, What Precedes Your Breakthrough? Mm -hmm. I love that. It's kind of, if I just look at the title, it's really gritty mm -hmm. because it can be expectation. It can also be challenge. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved what you did. Why this message now? What, what is your heart? Why do you think we needed this message right now? Mm -hmm. Well, this one was a little bit different for me in that, um, uh, as I mentioned in the message, I was falling asleep. And uh, this, this thought from the Lord, statement from the Lord that, that mercy precedes grace came into my mind as I was in that between, like, was I drifting off sleep or was I in a dream but that that kind of twilight moment and that statement came and then it was followed by compassion precedes the miraculous and then that just kind of stirred in my spirit from that moment so even as I slept I kind of could just when I woke up I could tell my spirit had kind of been pondering that and and I woke up thinking about it so then I started kind of you know looking into a little bit and and so I'm like, oh, I'm thinking this much about that. Maybe that's something for us this week. And then I, when I, as soon as I had that thought, I was like, yeah, I feel like that's what I'm supposed to talk about this week. So I feel like it was actually, if you could say, a, a divine download. You know, specifically, the Lord's like, hey, drop, drop this this week. So yeah, yeah. I love it. I love. Um 
You know, when we spoke to, when I did the recap with Shane, um, it's amazing what's happening, how God's lining up things in whoever's preaching mm. in that week, and he's actually orchestrating a divine foundation in all of this, <laughs> and you don't speak about what each other's sharing. No. You don't, this is not a planned series or anything. Yeah, not and at these all. these things are lining up. Not at all, yeah. So I was out of town when Shane spoke. I've heard some of that, but I haven't even had a chance to go back and listen to the full message yet. But it's, it's getting hilarious how often somebody will open service, close worship, whatever, something before the message, and they'll, they'll use the very verse yeah, right. that whoever's <laughs> preaching is going to be preaching out of. Right. Yeah. Right. And Shane spoke a lot about fruit. You spoke about mercy, grace. Um, and these are often things that we become familiar with in the Christian life that we just breeze over them. Mm-hmm. But this approach of mercy, that we've received mercy, is surely, and we see this in the church fathers, surely one of the things that we have to return to in our faith regularly, knowing that we were once lost mm-hmm. and now we are saved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the, the title, it's a, it's a pretty vast title, but what procedure breakthrough because we're all desiring breakthroughs uh in certain areas we all can we all can say yeah there's things that i'm contending for i'm desiring breakthrough in but i feel like this was a real key for all of us but for our community right now to understand putting mercy and grace in their proper perspective and proper relation to each other will help us move into some of those breakthroughs that we're desiring and and it starts with it starts with mercy just what you said you know the fact that that god has forgiven us we're pulled out, and people have used those interchangeably mistakenly you know just kind of right. if you ask a lot of christians what's the difference a lot of them don't even know right um, but but mercy is really you know not getting what we deserve in that negative like i was lost in sin i was going to hell um, I didn't do anything to deserve, you know, saving grace. God did it out of his mercy. So mm. he came and he came and set me free from the law of sin and death because of his greatness and his love, separate from anything I did to earn it. That's mercy. And we gotta under we gotta understand mercy and then continually, like you're saying, the the original church, early church fathers, just being undone. Mm. But we've lost some of that in our Western Christianity. And when we can regain that, it actually opens the door for us to move into grace. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That uh, very famous song or statement, however you want to see it, but the scriptural truth that it is well with my soul, Mm -hmm. no matter what. I know that it is well with my soul. And yeah. That merciful statement. Yes, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that Shane said um, is, and I, I am drawing that because there's such parallels in sort of the last three or four sermons that have been preached, all the way back to you preaching about us setting the target and our expectations and having them in the right place. You know, he said something about that the gospel is always at work within you mm. and being worked out. You said something similar in the way that grace is the effective working of God working on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Grace is the effective working of God working on your behalf. How does grace work on our behalf? You know, Paul refers to it in Ephesians 2 as the uh, effective working power of God. Um, and so, you know, one way that I... That I I played with it is, you know, the noun versus the verb of 
you know, so what is grace, you know, and it's that, that unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor. That's great. So that's, so I have that, you know, when I, when I receive what Christ has done for me, I have that. So it's sitting on me. That's one level. But then when that, when that grace goes into action, that's when things really start to change. That's when, you know, we, we hear the statement like, God go before me, you know, and God went before uh, Moses. And but what happens when God goes before you? Like right. things start to line up, doors start to open. You start to not just in concept. Oh, I have favor in my life. That's when you look at someone, and it's 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 playing out in their life. They you know jobs open up for them, finances work out, miracles happen, whatever. It's like what's the difference there in that person's life than someone else's life? Who conceptually is like oh, I have favor. But it, are they, is it going into action? So when, when uh, grace goes into action is what precedes the breakthrough. Right. But we have to, we have to understand our, our, that we're, our position, our, that we're seated in mercy so that our own hearts can open up to actually receive grace and the effective working of, of his power. Right. I love that. I love the way you put that. I'm going to have to rewind this and listen to that again <laughs> because you put that in great order. Often, I guess, we try to come into a space of seeking favor without getting that in the right order. Mm-hmm. And then mercy and grace are just these little add-ons that sort of hang mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. But if we get it right, we can avoid that frustration in the Christian world, sure, sure. knowing that these things are already at work. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, really, we're really learning the, to be a funnel for what God's already done. And this is a, this is a struggle. It's like God's already created breakthrough, but yet I'm not seeing all the breakthrough I want to see. You know what's what's that gap? How do we bridge that? And really, the reality is that we get to be a funnel for what God's already done. So that mm. that grace, that effective working power. <clears throat> but one of the things that is a hindrance to that that is our acceptance deep inside of the mercy that God's fully provided. And like mm. we know it in our head, like, you know, it, you could ask somebody, have you received mercy from God? And oh, yeah, it's, a, it's the correct Christian answer to say. But then when you start saying, well, do you believe that you deserve to see people get healed, that you deserve to live in abundance, that you, that you deserve to see heaven manifest itself through your life? People start backpedaling. Oh, right. well, and, you know, I haven't and I'm not good enough. And I'm like. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. So you don't actually believe what you just said about receiving mercy. Because mercy isn't based on what you've done, what you've earned. That's on God's goodness. So if we can fully accept the mercy of God, like he just did that because he's a loving father and he's actually forgiven me, actually set me free. It starts to break open all those hindrances, and then that's when the grace that we're desiring, that's why it's what precedes your breakthrough. It's all the grace that we're desiring to see, the favor. Like, yeah, I want to move in abundance. I want to move in miracles. But it's, it's something's holding that up. When we can fully receive the mercy, all that stuff starts to break away, and now grace can actually flow through us like a funnel, mm. which is how it's intended, intended to be. That's so good. Now, what about... I'm just sitting here thinking about the reverse of that. We have so many different messages around the gospel being preached in so many different expressions of church, 
in the world nowadays, the gospel of salvation um, is often shrouded by the gospel of comfort in a way, which in a way, I guess, seeks favor before mercy. Mm. Um, And then when things don't go your way to get what you want, Mm -hmm. then you don't really have that anchor, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got to get this the right way around. Mm -hmm. It's true. And if you're... If you're seeking favor before mercy, it's only going to be surface deep. Mm. And you end up with a shallow Christianity. You end up with a house built on the sand. And, you know, you you can weather a little bit and you can look nice and you can look polished. And it's like, but when your faith gets tested, right? when trials come, when stuff gets hard, when it's like, you know, okay... Now the sick person is standing in front of me, like, you know, or I have a sick family. How am I going to believe now? What am I anchored in? And so if you're, if you're, if mercy isn't, isn't that anchor seat, you know, you can, you can build your house on the sand. It's just not going to last, you know? Right. So that, that, that seeking favor before mercy has got it, got it backwards. I get the sense that um, if you are listening to this and you're wondering, wait, did I get that the right way around? Do I need to readdress that? Well, Ken, I'm going I'm to bring you back to this to help those that might be in that space. You said, um, I don't know, what did you say? You said, we can't chase gifts and outcomes before we've sat on the Father's lap. Hmm. Yeah. What's, what's, that, what's that journey been like for you? Have you been in a space where you really had to learn to sit on his lap? Was it very natural for you or what's, what's that been like for you mm-hmm. spending time on, on dad's lap? I think, I think it's both been natural and, and a learned process. I think it was, it was pretty natural um, for me. Um, but it's, you know, a lot of exercising that and you become mm-hmm. more and more comfortable and more and more you know, adapted anything that you spend lots of time doing. So both, both would be true. But, you know, part of what I, what I talked about, and, and understanding these things, it's really important to know, you know, God's not after people who are just trying to get another notch on their belt, trying to make a show. And that's, that's what you just said, the I'm seeking favor before mercy. Like, right. this isn't really about a deep, deep heart condition. It's, you know, if I, if I want to see miracles, if I want to appear like, uh, you know, I've got it all together. If I want abundance, but I haven't gone deep with God, like, what am I, am I really giving something of value? And uh, so sitting on his lap is where we get his heart, you know, and it's mm. that like, like, yeah, I want to, I want to see people healed, not because I need to see another miracle, but because I've set, spent time sitting on his lap and I felt his heart break for his children that are sick. Right. He's a good father. No good father wants his children to be sick. And the same, no good father wants his children to be in hurting relationships. No good father wants his children to be living in poverty. You know, so it's like you get God's heart for those things. And yeah. then that's where when you do, then grace for the breakthrough begins to come. Mm-hmm. Not just because you want to look good, but because you've spent time on his lap. I love that. And that's, that's the perspective that you came to where you said it, you, it's about elevating others into the high call of God. Yeah. Elevating others into the high call God has for their lives. Yeah. I, I love think, that. I think there's two distinct parts of the message. The first part was, 
and they're both about mercy preceding grace, but one is how do you receive breakthrough for yourself? So you need to receive, fully receive the mercy that God's provided so that you can receive the grace for the breakthroughs that you're looking for in your life. And then the message switched to giving away breakthroughs, meaning I want to, I want to pray for the sick. You it's know, almost like to, stewarding grace, right? <clears throat> Absolutely, it is. Um, and, but the same is true that, you know, so now we're talking not, not just receiving for yourself, but ministering to others and wanting to see breakthrough through you for them. But again, we can't seek the favor before we've sought or understood the mercy. So I have to, I've been shown mercy. I need to extend mercy. So it's that my heart needs to break with the Father's heart for them. Like, and I can't, I can't judge someone for the condition they're in and think I know best and start from that place and then believe like I'm going to contend for your breakthrough. It's like, no, I, my heart needs to break with the Father's heart. And I don't, maybe you have done stuff in your life that contributed to the situation that you're in, but it's not my job to judge you. Like God completely set me free, rescued me from hell. So yeah, I can forgive you for whatever mistakes you've made and believe for your breakthrough out of a fresh heart, not out of a place of judgment. Yeah, right. And you did. You spoke about judgment and wisdom. Yeah. And these sort of tied to sympathy and uh, compassion as parallels. So, I mean, this all kind of goes together. Like mm -hmm. you say, like um, judgment and wisdom, that's, that's a posture really, isn't it? I mean, sure. you, you need the wisdom of God, but even though we carry the wisdom of God, or we should, and grow mm -hmm. in it, we often posture ourselves mm -hmm. in judgment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, wisdom and judgment differ in that uh, judgment carries condemnation with it. And where, you, so you can make the same decision. You can call it judgment or you, judgment, or you can operate in wisdom, meaning, you know, uh, I'm not, if, if you're, living currently as a thief in life, wisdom says, I'm not going to hand you a hundred dollar bill. Like I could judge you and say, I shouldn't hand you a hundred dollar bill, but judgment comes with condemnation, which means it keeps you at that place where wisdom says, I'm not going to hand you this hundred dollar bill because you're just going to take off with it. But it comes with the compassion of the father and the vision to see you what you're actually called to. Right. So at the same time, wisdom says, you know what, I'm not going to hand you this $100 bill right now, but let me speak destiny in your life. Let me, let me speak the calling of God in your life. Let me speak your true identity in your life. Let me work on you because of that. I've been sitting on the Father's lap, getting His heart. So now over days, weeks, months, years, the transition inside of you has happened that I can trust you. Say, hey, can you hold my wallet for a minute? Because you're a new person. You've been transformed right. by the grace of God, but it's only because I extended mercy first. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Then you spoke about sympathy and compassion. You said sympathy locks people into their position while compassion locks in the Father's heart for them. I'm not sure I wrote that down 100% right, but this is somewhere along those lines. The gist, that's absolutely right, yeah. And uh, the sympathy thing, one, I got directly from from Bill Johnson, um, but you know, the idea is that, is that <clears throat> we will mistakenly, again, interchange sympathy and compassion, but 
sympathy is really that I, I relate to you in your condition and I feel sorry for you about your condition, and, uh, but, but that dynamic actually can lock you in your condition where I can have genuine love for you, but compassion is coming from the heart of the Father who already is coming into the situation with wider vision than, mm. your, than your current circumstance. So if you've got cancer, God's not coming into that, into that uh, circumstance only seeing you with cancer. That's not how he sees you. He's got greater vision. He sees you the way he created you, which is without cancer. So yes, both mean I'm, I can be nice to you and I can like, hey, do you need help? You know, do you, can I make a meal for you? How can I help you? But the whole time compassion is seeing the, the healthy whole version of you, which means I can tap into real faith and pray with boldness and pray with confidence where sympathy is just, I relate to you in your, into your, in your condition, and I, and I only have vision for that, and actually lock, can lock you into that place. Right, yeah. that's so good, that's so good. We, everything that you're saying, what, any of the, the descriptors, words, um, principles that we've brought up here, all is about calling people to a higher call, yeah. versus keeping them yeah. where they are, yeah. or leaving them where yeah. they are. Which is why, why it has to start with mercy. And we go back to ourselves and, you know, Christians struggle. We all, we all struggle with self-identity in some way, some level. It's like we have to, God set us free. So now we have to set ourselves free mm. so that we can come into that, to that high measure as he's called us. It's not because we are creating it in our own mind but what God's called us to. It's like, no, let's go back to the roots of mercy and be like, I really, really have been forgiven, which means, okay, then I really, really can be elevated into what, by His goodness and His grace that He's called us to. Right. Yeah. And it's okay to visit that point along your life, right? It's okay to, to sit multiple times through your life and assess your salvation. Mm -hmm. It's not an immature thing. Mm -mm. Is it? I, I see it as more of a mature thing. Absolutely. I, I think not only is it okay, I think it's, I think it's recommended, <laughs> mandatory, <Right. laughs> uh, advised. I mean, and, and even daily in the sense of celebrating what God's done. And, and, I, and I said in the message, but the, that the quote, Bill's quote of, you can tell how much someone knows they've been forgiven by the way they worship. Right. And it's like, we are, this is part of us becoming this full, you know, un, uh, you know, unabashed environment of worship. It's like, no, we are revisiting how much we've been forgiven. How can I not shout? How can I not celebrate? How can I not lift my hands? It, so I think in the, in the sense of celebrating, not becoming deeply, deeply introspective every day, but celebrating what God's done for I think we need to revisit that every single day. Yeah, yeah. right. Then you know what you've got to give away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's it. Um, what's the single big idea that you wanted people to take from this week? What's the single practicality that you would hope that people would go, okay, I'm going to get my hands on this. I'm going to put this into my mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. You know, we all have... We all have breakthroughs that we have, you know, in, in, our, in our eyes, in our, in our 
peripherally, something that we're all focused, we got out there, we're like, I want breakthrough in that, whether it's for me or through me, but just revisiting some of the, the, the basic concepts. You started by saying, we can just breeze over these things sometimes. If we go back and revisit, like, how, how am I doing internally at knowing that I've fully received mercy? Am I fully accepting that? And just start there. And once you, the more you receive mercy, the more then you create space for grace to come in, which is where the breakthroughs will begin to happen. So the main takeaway is, I mean, I think I said it in there is, if you're struggling to move into grace, go, go back and check your mercy meter. Right. So, I mean, that's the, that's right. the big takeaway. I love it. Well, uh, that wraps us for today. I'd encourage you in this moment to put on some music, spend some time with God, just sit on His lap and, uh, and assess that. Make that assessment for yourself and get your, get your heart around it. You can get your head around it, but get your heart around it. Um, I love it. Was there anything else that you wanted to add? It was fun. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, we get to pinch ourselves every week, right. like you said. So it's, yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a good day to be alive. Yeah. I love it. It sure is. Amazing. Well, thanks for joining us for the Revival Recap again. Uh, remember that you can get more out of our journey together at BethelATX.com or go ahead and chat to one of our Connect coaches on a Saturday meeting and uh, they will be more than, happy to point, more than happy to point you in the right direction. So until next time from me, Clint, I'll uh, see you then. All right. Thanks again for your time. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Revival Recap. For more of our podcasts and other resources, visit BethelATX.com.